Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, October the 4th. And welcome to our welcome to our commentary. It was uh, a pretty good day today for a few baseball teams, the Rangers, the Twins, uh, the D-backs, and the Phillies. It looks like they're all going to go to the next round uh, after winning the first two games of their series. So, you know, this experiment uh, with the wild card series is something brand new. And I think fans like me are getting used to it. I understand uh, I don't have a problem with the extra wild cards, but I, I think we could work a little bit on the seeding so that, uh, you know, number one and number two and number three. So there's a little bit more, I think, a, a, a better setting for what numbers they are in the tournament. But that's something for for the offseason. But so far, it's been a great uh, it's a great year for baseball because I think that the the biggest thing they did was to eliminate the shift, which I think made the game a lot more interesting again. And then, of course, I think the clock, something that I was opposed to at the beginning of the year, but something that I've come to like, it has clearly made the games a lot more interesting. You have a lot more two-and-a-half-hour games, which I think make it a lot easier for people to watch, especially on TV. So congratulations to the Rangers here in, in Texas, to the Phillies of Philadelphia, the Twins of Minnesota, and the D-backs of Arizona. They're going to move on to the next uh, to the next level of the playoffs. Well, a little chaos in the white in the in the in the House of Representatives, as you know, and it's the kind of chaos that uh, I frankly have trouble with because I'm not a big fan of chaos. But when you've got less than ten Republicans bringing down the Speaker because they get together with the Democrats, basically less than ten Republicans joined the entire Democrat caucus to bring down a Republican speaker who I thought was doing a pretty decent job. I, I just don't know. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm trying to figure out what is the benefit of doing this. If you're not happy with McCarthy, we'll try to work with him, try to persuade him. But to have this temper tantrum where you, where you basically get him out of office uh, and you do it by actually working with Democrats. I mean, if this had been, a Republican-only uh, vote, I can, you know, I can live with that. But this is not a Republican-only uh, vote. This is a a very small number of Republicans who joined forces with Democrats to bring down the Speaker. That doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe you've got a different point of view, but it doesn't make any sense to me to bring down the Republican Speaker by using a very few Republicans and the Democrat caucus. That just doesn't... Uh, make any sense to me. Now, there's going to be a new speaker, so it's not the end of the world. There will be a new speaker soon. But they got to fix these rules because this idea, again, that six, seven, eight Republicans can bring down a speaker by joining the Democrats, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. That seems to me awfully chaotic and unnecessary. Well, I've got a post uh, coming out uh, Thursday morning about Ukraine. You know, the Ukraine spending is one of the major problems in the Congress right now. In fact, this bill that they passed does not include funding of Ukraine. And the Biden administration has been on the phone somehow uh, assuring UK, Ukraine that we're going to get this money to you. Don't worry. And assuring the allies that uh, we're going to come through despite uh, the chaos that is going on in Congress. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I support uh, giving money to Ukraine. But I also think that the way that this administration has done this 
has been rather incompetent. Uh, the American people have never been told or explained why in the world we have to do this. In other words, why in the world we have to send billions and billions of dollars helping Ukraine. And this is the failure of the president who's never gone on TV and explained to the American people why this is so important. Now, I understand the geopolitical issue in Ukraine and Russia. I want Russia to lose too. But you got to explain it to the American people in this administration has not done so. So you've got uh, the border a mess. You've got cities falling apart. You've got high inflation. You've got high gasoline prices. And the American people are seeing billions of dollars going to Ukraine and a president who won't explain the necessity of doing that. That's what the real problem is. That's what the real problem is, that we have a president who's not explaining to the American people why we have to do that. And if the American people are not on board, in other words, if the American people don't support whatever you're doing overseas, you're going to lose your support. I mean, it's as simple as that. You're going to lose the Congress, which is what's happening uh, right now to President Biden on Ukraine. So he's got to get his act together and explain to the American people why we need to do this. At the moment, he hasn't. And that's the essence of the, of the problem. I have a post over at the American Thinker today, Wednesday, where I express some anger about what is happening in New York in this trial with, with President Trump. Look, this is a travesty, what's happening in New York. This is not a case that should, should have been brought. This is a case uh, a fraud, a case of fraud from what we understand, but nobody has explained to us who the victim was. How can you have a case of fraud when you don't have a victim? The banks are not claiming that they were victims. The insurance companies were not claiming that they were victims uh, or that they were uh, hurt by anything that uh, Donald Trump did as a businessman. So what you have here is an attorney general out to get Trump and you have these district attorneys out to get Trump. That is not justice. That is exactly the opposite of justice. It is injustice. And, you know, I'm waiting for a Democrat to stand up somewhere and say, hey, folks, this is not right. You don't have to like Trump. It's not a question of liking or disliking Trump. It's a question of being correct in how we apply justice. Now, there may be a little a little light at the end of the tunnel here, because Ruth Marcus, who is a liberal columnist for The Washington Post, is expressing some doubts about this, saying, you know, there's a double standard here of justice with what is being done to Trump, because this would not be done to to anybody else. So hopefully, hopefully that is the first sign that uh, some Democrats, some serious Democrats are starting to look at this and say, you know what, we don't want to destroy the country to destroy Trump. We don't want to destroy our justice system to destroy Trump. Hopefully, hopefully those are some signs that this is starting to turn a little bit. But I think what is being done to President Trump in New York in this case is just a travesty. It's an injustice, and uh, it's got to be reversed. I don't know how they do it, but uh, you cannot target a man like that as they are doing uh, with President Trump uh, in New York. Well, let me leave you with a little bit of On This Day in History. On This Day in History, 1957, Sputnik went up in the air. Now, Sputnik was the first satellite to go up in space, and it was the Russian-Soviet satellite, and it really shook up the world. And there's a very interesting movie, by the way, about this, 
called October Sky. It's a fascinating movie about the young one of the young men who became a NASA engineer and was a, a big part of designing uh, many of the missions to space. Homer Wickham is the name of the man, Homer Wickham. And he grew up in West Virginia and he became fond of, of the space program when he heard about uh, Sputnik uh, that night. And, you know, Sputnik was one of those moments that really changed in a critical moment, really, in, in the story of the Cold War, because obviously the United States became very concerned that if the Soviets could put a satellite, and even though it was a very small one, but nevertheless, if they could put a satellite in space, they could use it for military purposes. So that was sort of the beginning of the space race, as they used to call it, and the beginning that uh, when the country was put on on a mission to go to the moon and build a uh, create NASA and everything else that took us to the moon and, and put us at number one in the space race. But it was on this day in 1957 that it sort of hit the fan when Sputnik went up in space and the American people were caught off guard. I'm not sure if the Eisenhower administration was caught off guard, but the country was. And there was a lot of concern that the Soviets were going to beat us in the space race. And that's what turned on the the American nation and turned on the, the spending and turned on the program. And eventually the United States, of course, beat uh, the Soviets not only to the moon, but really in just about every, every other measurement. But Sputnik on this day in 1957. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Have a wonderful evening. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.